Welcome to The Readout, a new conversation series with State Department spokesperson Heather Nauert. This discussion is with Assistant Secretary for Diplomatic Security, Mike Evanoff. Hello, and it's uh, great to talk with all of you. Uh, we have the Assistant Secretary for Diplomatic Security, Michael Evanoff, here uh, to talk with us a little bit about the role of diplomatic security, what you do for all of us around the globe, and the importance of that. But first, I want to start out with a trip you just returned from, and that was South Korea. You went over there as the lead of our diplomatic security to oversee efforts to protect our athletes and others. Uh, tell me about that trip. Well, thank you for having me, first yeah. of all. and. Uh, it is. We, Diplomatic Security has been protecting the U, U.S. Olympic team since 1976. It's been an, uh, it came about after the Munich incident and the USOC, the U.S. Olympic Committee, reached out to us because we're overseas. We know the environment. We have professionals that do security on a daily basis. And they said, we'd like you to uh, help us uh, protect our athletes when we go overseas. So it started off small, small in Montreal and then continued on. Uh, we, of course, we skipped uh, 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 Moscow, but ever since then, we have been with uh, the Olympic Committee and also with FIFA, the World Cup, our U.S. teams too, both men and women. So it's a very proud uh, and, and very uh, collegial and very happy uh, relationship because it's, it's so cool to be with uh, the athletes themselves. Uh, the athletes actually love it that we're there. We have a good relationship with them. So it gives us uh, a time and grace to kind of show that we're protecting not only athletes, but also media and U.S. citizens while we're in these focus. So uh, give me an example of some of the work that your agents or you would do when you were at the Olympics. Sure, so it's not one-on-one -on -one security. It's not protection uh, like we do with the Secretary of State. It is basically liaison relationship. So we will have a couple agents assigned to the bobsled uh, or the sledding portion. Uh, luge, bobsled, and that course, we would be on the hill with the, uh, really? with, absolutely, with, with the skiers. Because, um, you know, a lot of these folks have both wanted and unwanted uh, 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 approaches. Mm -hmm. And so we, we try to uh, make sure that while they are there, they're nothing but focused on winning winning the games and winning their medals. That's a good we, point. You we, want them solely absolutely. thinking we, about that. We do not want them. And, and of course, a couple of them do have issues where they come in, uh, somebody is stalking them or something of that mm -hmm. issue. So our, our, our teams are briefed on this and they're, they're paired up with the athletes and the venues. So we have different athletes, different venues, of course, but also uh, our agents and all, all of them. Goodness, uh, can, I, can you tell me how many agents were over there? There was over 100. Over 100, but not just DS agents, but there was also security engineers, analysts to take in the information. Uh, in fact, probably the most important and unsung heroes are the analysts because they're the ones that sit in the joint operations centers um, and in the, uh, in the embassy and also uh, with us up on in, in, uh, in Pyongyang to say, okay, this is what we're reading, this is what we have, um, be careful about this do that. So it's, it's, it's good eyes and ears. Mm -hmm. So we are need, they much needed. Well, it was, uh, uh, people were nervous going into the Olympics and you had said, and we had said, you know, we look forward to a safe and secure Olympics and we had just that. Uh, so congratulations to you and uh, your men and women for helping to ensure that. Um, I'm sure you had some fun while you were there too. What was the best sport, sporting event that you saw or were able to, to watch there? Speed skating. Yeah. Uh, that is pretty cool. That is fast and really neat. 
Uh, you know, I've, I, I love all sports, you know. And so with that, I've, I've uh, you know, seen, you know, the luge and, and the bobsled up close or, or to be able to talk to some of the athletes and, and the, the, how they appreciate what we do and, and, uh, and know that we're looking after them. Gosh, it's, it's, you, you have to feel so proud at, at watching the closing ceremonies and seeing, they look so young, but seeing the yeah, athletes exactly. there, um, you know, with the American flags wrapped around them, taking their pictures. It, it's just one of the most proud moments that we can have as Americans, seeing uh, our teams out there compete. Uh, uh, absolutely, you're right, Heather. We, we look forward to this. Every four years, um, we have something that we, are, we have, either Summer Olympic or, or, or the, uh, the Winter Olympic. And then, of course, the, uh, the World Cup, too. So we are very happy to be part of that. But your, uh, your day-to-day job is not so fun, if no. you will. <laughs> um, and that is ensuring the Secretary's protection. Right. Um, I'd like to ask you a little bit about that. But um, I think about all our regional security officers right. who are working around the world right. under diplomatic security to help protect our people who are in place around the world. Tell me about that work and uh, what that typically looks like. Well, uh, again, I was fortunate to come on uh, to DS in the Foreign Service at 23, right out of school. And so um, eight posts later and, and being in charge of the Secretary of State's protective detail for Secretary Rice uh, were, were highlights for me. Um, it is, it's very important because again, we are part of the Foreign Service. We believe that the Foreign Service uh, as a whole is our clients, we protect the Foreign Service in any environment worldwide, the most bad you can think of um, to, the, to, the, to the good ones, which is very different from most federal law enforcement organizations. Um, being a part of the, of the Foreign Service, you are put in locations where you have to think very quickly and act very quickly and assimilate very quickly. Whereas some agencies domestic, which are very good in their own right, but it would take somebody that's very hard to take out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and just drop in Manila, Philippines. Uh, give, him, give me some examples of that assimilation. Well, um, first of all, to take the test to get into foreign service, exceptionally hard. We, uh, we have PhDs, we have lawyers, we have folks that have passed it and done really, really well. And we expect them to assimilate and understand the environment before they go in. And, and to do that, we throw them in the deep end of the pool sometimes. There are sometimes we just don't have enough people for the, uh, the, the projects that we need them to accomplish and, and the countries they need to protect. So we're gonna say, hey, you're fresh out of class. We're gonna drop you in Bujumbura, or we're gonna drop you in, in, uh, in uh, you, name a, you name a post in South Africa, and you're going to help that post survive and, and do well. And, and their jobs are pretty broad. For example, uh, going out with some foreign service officers uh, as they go about their jobs, uh, working on behalf of the embassy, or going out with the ambassador, or handling traveling dignitaries, which can include congressional codels, reporters, and all of that. No, you're, you're right. I mean, the day begins, it's so diverse. And that's what's great about this job. We feel it's the probably the best job in all of government especially in the federal law enforcement world. Because you look at Secret Service protects and they, we protect, but we have a diverse portfolio overseas where we not only protect uh, our people, but we protect our classified, but also the, uh, we prevent terrorism, we prevent uh, incidents. And we actually go after the people that do that to us. And so DS will help investigate certain incidents? Absolutely, we, we are a very robust uh, investigation uh, background. In fact, we go through the same schools 
as the Secret Service, marshals, anybody else uh, that uh, in, in Glencoe, Georgia, in Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. So we get your credentials from there, and then we take you and, and we uh, DS you here. Uh, so, uh, uh, and so we are all Federal Law Enforcement uh, Officers, and uh, we can, I mean, honestly, to, to investigate in places like I did in Pakistan um, um, and, and, and go after bombers and, and killers, you don't necessarily have the support from the host country. Mm -hmm. So you have to be a little sharper and a little bit more wildly to get to be able to, to uh, ascertain who did what. So tell me about that as an example. Mm -hmm. um, if there were an attack that were, you know, that were close by one of our posts or something, might DS play a role in trying to figure out what happened, who was responsible, um, something about our equities in that? Well, I'll give you an example that happened to me when I was uh, in Islamabad in 2002. Uh, we had a church bombing, unfortunately. I was the first one on the scene. We, uh, we took out the wounded and helped out and basically secured the crime scene, and that's what you do. And any, any crime that's been committed, um, you secure the scene first. You help, help people first, then secure the, the, the scene. And then we began the traces, we began to find what the, what the issues were with the detonation, where the detonation came from, who brought it in, witnesses. We, we, we scoured and talked to witnesses. The person did blow himself up, but at the same time, there was enough clues where we could lead working with the host country uh, back to the gang that supported this bombing. And so we do this every single day. Uh, we have issues, we just had an issue with a grenade attack uh, over in Montenegro, right. where a, a gentleman threw a grenade over, over, our, over our wall. Obviously, it didn't do any damage, but then again, we had to find out who he was and what he did. He committed suicide thereafter, but we traced it from there. Mm -hmm. Our RSO was the first one on that scene, mm -hmm. and they worked with the host country to, to identify where that came from. And then get out the information. Get As out the information. Uh, we were in touch that evening and Absolutely. you provided the information to public affairs That's so that we could then in turn provide the information uh, to those who needed to know it internally but also uh, to the media. Right. Uh, because when something like that happens, of course, folks around the world are concerned. Is it tied to something bigger? Right. Is this an isolated incident? And so we were able to quickly answer some of those questions. So, um, so certainly thank you for that. Uh, one of your jobs also is um, being involved in our embassy all around the world and helping to make sure that those embassies are secure themselves in addition of course to our Marines and all of those uh, tell me a little bit about that role we we've been around protecting embassies for 102 years really? since 1916 really yeah, correct wow. and so the the embassies have been uh, our, our, our major stay in, in protection and making sure we secure a uh, have the US Foreign Service do their job and to do it, they need to do it in a secure manner. And we, we pride ourselves on having RSOs, diplomatic security agents, in every single post out there. There may be a consulate, a small consulate, that will be a constituent post, mm -hmm. but we do have people that touch base with our buildings every single day. So you're right, we begin by protection of inside, the protection of classified. Then we begin a people, people classified and the building itself. All these wrap up and then having a host country uh, support system with the police, the local police, the local security services. And so having that uh, program of protection allows the Foreign Service to, to be able to um, 
do their job, do it in a secure manner. You've now been here in this capacity how many months? Four months. Four months. And interesting because you were with the State Department, and a lot of our folks probably don't know this, but you were with the State Department years ago. 26 years. You left, That's went it. to Walmart, where right. you were a big muckety-muck there and <laughs> oversaw their security, and made the decision to come back. What made you decide to come back into government service after um, being years. in the private five sector? Five and a half years. I, I think I, um, it wasn't a hard decision whatsoever. I think being with Coca-Cola Europe, Walmart International, uh, gave me a broader optics of what, how we can protect better and, and, and in some ways uh, more succinctly than what we do here necessarily with the big government. But the decision to come back was one of brotherhood and sisterhood. I missed what I missed. I missed for the, what I did for the 26 years. This is a uh, a camaraderie that you will you will you will miss when you leave. Nobody tells you that when you're about to retire because all you do is want to get out the door and enjoy yourself. <laughs> but at go the on same, that beach vacation. You go on a vacation, yeah, yeah. but you soon realize you don't have the camaraderie. You don't have the same purpose. You know that's why I say we have one mission and one team. Our mission is to protect, and the team is, is made up of DS people of all walks of life. Um, and, you, and after a while, you become very close to them. And, and I miss that. And I want, I want to impart what I've learned in the private sector and, and bring back and help the Secretary of State protect our missions. Well, you're stuck with us now. Yep. <laughs> Everybody like enjoys it. working with you. Uh -huh. um, and you have, a, you have a terrific team of men and women uh, that we see around the building here, but of course uh, around the country as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about how someone can become a, a DS agent and where you tend to draw from. No, it's, a, it's an excellent question. Um, and I honestly, I believe I came on in the mid 80s, 1985 in fact, where um, we needed people that wanted to go overseas, had the passion to, to um, protect and be part of something bigger than themselves. And I think that still holds true, but in some cases we're looking for people that have actually had real-time experience elsewhere. And having real-time experience, um, be it overseas or another agency or in academia or wherever, um, that's what we're looking for in that sport. But also the same thing, we're looking diversity. Diversity is, you know, you learn very quickly in the private sector, diversity is strength. So instead of just going up down the, the 95 corridor for all the universities from New York down to, down to Washington and North Carolina, we want to get into the Midwest. We want to get up north. We want to get west. I mean, we bring in everybody from it, but we need to focus more on, on real America, people that really want to, to volunteer and, and help and be part of something that's good. I'm from Wisconsin, I can help you there. There you go, there you go. <laughs> well, they're fantastic. Uh, the work that you and your colleagues do is uh, so greatly appreciated oh, by the secretary and by all of us. And I think um, our officers are serving across the country. There's nobody knows it better than them. Uh, they put themselves in difficult positions. Yeah. You put yourselves in difficult positions so that we can do diplomacy. And part of what we do here is diplomacy in dangerous places where unlike the military, we aren't guarded. Um, right that enables us to do what we do. And I, I just want to mention, uh, thank you to uh, you and your colleagues, some of whom have lost their lives. Uh, we see the names on the memorial wall down below. Uh, it's not a job without risk, uh, but it's a job with a lot of purpose and pride. You're right. I mean, we, we think about our, our fallen colleagues every day. We look at it as a, a sense we're carrying on their, 
what they uh, want us to do, be honest with you. I mean, every one of them um, has said before, and, and to, the, to, to the family, to the person, they wanted to do this. This was a first love. This, this is a profession that you have to have passion and love for. This is not just a job. This is not just, quote, a career. It is a passionate career. I understand. And, and, you, uh, and I, I think that is reflected in the Foreign Service folks that we have. And, and on an up note, you have your new training facility that you're working on down in Virginia, oh, yeah. right? Absolutely. Tell, tell me a little bit about what, those, uh, what everybody gets to go through yep. and when that yep. opens up. I, I'm so proud of the center. Congress basically realized we needed to really get a bigger uh, training center to not only to train our agents, uh, intelligence folks, our engineers, our technical folks, but also the Foreign Service as a whole. So now, and we have been doing this, we have a 1,400-acre uh, uh, training center down in Fort Pickett, uh, Virginia, which is in Blackstone, where we will have the, the creme of the creme uh, train and be trained uh, on driving. You have shooting, you have bomb recognition, you have um, fire as a weapon, understanding about that, um, and everything that goes in part of how dangerous it is overseas. And so you will be taught before you go, so you have five days as a Foreign Service officer to go through this course, and they love it. The ones that have been through it so far absolutely love it. It gives them a different optic of what, where, they are, uh, where, they, where they need to be very cautious mm -hmm. in what they need to do. So we hope to impart on them a, uh, um, a, a sense of responsibility for themselves, but also that they have the tools to protect themselves. All right, well, Assistant Secretary Evanoff, we are uh, lucky to have you back here at the State Department, serving back. in government. We grabbed you out of the private sector, but uh, thank you for your time and uh, welcome back yeah, on board, sir. Thanks, I hope you'll come back and talk to us again. Absolutely, All right, thanks, thanks so much. You are listening to The Readout, a new conversation series with State Department spokesperson Heather Nauert. That was a discussion with Assistant Secretary for Diplomatic Security, Mike Evanoff.